Hello fellow riders, this is your host Rusty James. It is Wednesday, July 25th, 2018, and this is The Ride. Good morning everybody, or good afternoon, or whatever it happens to be. Hello. Hope you're doing well. I am doing alright. So yesterday I was mowing the lawn and I finished just about the time the sun was getting ready to set. So I happened to watch a beautiful sunset. And then as it turns out, I'm going to work early today and I am catching the sunrise. And it kind of reminded me of a verse in Psalms. Uh, it says, uh, from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Apparently, I memorized that. Well, I think I got that right. But uh, apparently, I memorized that at one point in my life. All right. Time to pass this guy. Sometimes you just got to go. Anyway, so as I watched the sunrise this morning, it, that that scripture came to my remembrance and of course it got me thinking what does that really mean I mean what does that mean in our day-to-day so basically all the time be praising or no um, well the name of the Lord is to be praised so what does that mean does that mean I have to be singing worship songs all day long no, it's not that. It's um, That would be a literal interpretation, I think. And besides, can you praise the Lord if you're not doing that? Absolutely you can. How about this? Are you praising the Lord when you're obedient to the word that he's given? Is that praising the Lord? We always talk about lip service as being uh, not adequate. So if I'm going around saying, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, I could be saying anything I want, but if my life isn't living obediently, and if I'm not glorifying God in, in my actions, in my attitudes, and how I deal with people that bother me, yeah, there are people that bother me. There are people that bothered Paul. There are people that bothered Jesus. Oh, bother. You know, when it comes to the bothering of Jesus, let's look, let's look at that a minute. There's somebody that bothered Jesus, the guy that had the legion of demons in him would bother Jesus, and then Jesus took care of the situation. Was he opposed to the man who was bothering him? No, he was opposed to the spirit uh, spirits that were counter to the Spirit of God. But anyway, I've, I've kind of gone off on a tangent there. But we can praise the Lord from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same in many ways. And a few that I believe are you know, difficult enough just to do these are following the Word of God, being obedient, and loving our fellow man. If you can do those things, you've pretty much, well, doesn't, doesn't it say in Scripture, if, 
if we can love others as uh, he's loved us, you know, love, love the Father and love others, that pretty much sums it up. You can't do that unless you're empowered by the Spirit of God and walking in alignment with his word. But you do that and you're praising the Lord. That means that the day-to-day stuff, the going to work and performing a job, serving other people, serving your boss, serving the customers, the clients, whatever it is you do, you can do that as unto the Lord. And it glorifies God and it is praise to the Lord. But just like Jesus confronted that evil spirit, you can confront spirits in your world too, even in your day-to-day work world. So what might that look like? Well, that could look like the gossip that's taking place that you will take no part in or the joking around at the expense of someone else or the expense of a people group or the expense of a gender or the type of lewd behavior that is sometimes found in the workplace. You don't have to take part in that in the way that Jesus did, you could confront that. Uh, timing is everything. You need to, you really need to know the proper way to do that. But you know what? I'm getting to the point in my life where I don't want to be apologetic for my faith. And I don't want to walk around too worried about offending somebody else if they don't appreciate my position. I'm not pushing my position on other people. I'm offering my position, but I have a right to voice my position. And when it comes to the workplace, you gotta know, you know, you gotta know when to show it, know when to fold it, whatever. How does that go? You know. And you need to pray for, uh, I don't know, direction to know how to share the love of Christ. Remember, you're doing everything in praise to Him anyway, so it's never gonna be in an evil, mean way. That's the fine line right there. How do you confront evil? I kind of picture Jesus when he's turning the tables. Okay, you all know the story, so I don't have to go into it. But when Jesus is turning the tables, you know, I think we get pictures of him like really mad and angry. And and he was righteously indignant that, that they were using the temple in the wrong way. But can I say, I wish I could see the look on his face because I don't think it's what we think. I don't think he's got this, I'm going to just tear you up kind of look on his face. I think there's a different look there. I think the look is more like, I don't know if I can describe it. It's more out of pain because he knows his father is being disrespected. Almost like, I have to do this because this is so wrong. And these people just are so ignorant, they don't know. I think we sometimes think of that scene whenever we want to feel like we want to be mad. And, well, look, Jesus was mad, so I'm going to be mad because he was an example of this. And I'm allowed to be mad at you. And I don't think it was that way at all. Even on the cross, do you know what he said? He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. 
even those who were the money changers in the temple, he knew this. They didn't know what they were doing. They should have known, but they're fallen sinful men, and they didn't know what they were doing. Anyway, so just remember that when you're going to be righteously indignant about something at work, you challenge the bad behavior, the bad jokes. Say, look, man, guys, this really isn't what we're about. These kind of jokes, they really offend people. Not just me, other people. And we really need to, you know, not be delving in this area. That's a little bit better than getting in their face and saying, look, you guys are going to have to cut it out because blah, 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 blah. But then again, you know, you know the people you work with. That's where you, that's where the Spirit of God speaks to you and how it's to be done. I don't, I don't know your workplace. But God does and He can speak to you. You know, we are all qualified to hear from God. I thought about that word the other day, qualified. We feel like we're unqualified many times, you know, to be the, the witness of Christ because we've blown it so many times. I was thinking about the apostles, you know, the disciples and those who went on to be apostles, they, they weren't qualified. There's no school Christian disciple 101 We've got a four-year plan, and you go to these classes, and you are classically trained as a disciple. They didn't have that. Their training was being with a master. Well, guess what? You've got that same training. As though you need to be qualified to preach. If God puts something in you, and you speak it, you're preaching. I've been qualified by the King of Kings to talk to you today. That's what's cool about the family of God is that when the Lord speaks, it doesn't matter who you are. It's the Lord speaking. There is no class. There is no hierarchy. As long as it's lining up with the Word of God, you're golden. As far as qualification goes, I I saw something yesterday. It was pretty interesting. Now, Seinfeld, the show Seinfeld, if you've seen it, um, it was a cultural icon of a sitcom and of course there were some places that it went that were questionable at times but I was watching a a documentary of how the show came to be you know if you know anything about the show you know that it was a show about nothing unquote and it really just was observational humor and weaving stories together based around basically no real major content. To me, it never felt that way. You know, when they started pointing out that the show was about nothing, I thought, well, that doesn't seem right. I mean, I've been watching it, and I never thought of it that way. And that's because it was just about noticing things, and and you had relationships between characters, and you had quirky observations of stuff that would just go down rabbit holes and, and weave a story that was funny somewhat believable believable enough to you know sit there and watch it and I never really thought that it was a show about nothing and so it just felt like normal life and you know what life when you think about it it's just a lot of little things 
woven together. So it's very much like normal life. They just made it funny. That might have been the show where they where NBC came up with the must-see TV tagline because it was on Thursday nights and that's the night. And so it became this phenomenon. But what you may not know is that early on, it looked as though it wasn't going to go anywhere. And one of the show's creators, I think it's Larry... Alan or Larry David, I forget his name, one of the co-creators with Seinfeld. He's he's basically a neurotic mess in real life, he seems to be. He's kind of reminds me of the George character. In fact, that's who the George character was based off of, was him, Larry. As the show started, he was just so neurotic about wanting to make a good show, but he never wrote sitcoms before. He's just a comedian. Jerry never wrote sitcoms before, and the team that they put together was a team of misfits that didn't know what they were doing in terms of the you know the TV higher ups they didn't understand what was going on they didn't understand the humor at first, and they certainly didn't know or didn't believe that this group of ragtag whatever could actually make a show work and that's what got me the most is that these people were unqualified to do a show they didn't have a showrunner like you typically do for a while they didn't have normal stuff it's almost like a startup company that just didn't know what they were doing but they had that one thing and it worked that that humor and the in the writing and they made it all work well, can I tell you, just like the disciples, you've got the one thing, and that's Christ Jesus. That's what makes it work. You may feel unqualified to run your show, but you are qualified. You're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. You know that? You are absolutely qualified to, one, speak the truth in love, to converse with the Father, to let the Holy Spirit flow within you and through you and into this world, you are completely qualified. Don't let anyone say that you are not qualified. If that group at Seinfeld could put together a show that became the number one show and they didn't know what they were doing, I know that when you're connected with the Lord God Almighty, you will have success. The Bible is full of examples where God used someone who was absolutely the wrong person for the job. Moses is a great example of that. Couldn't speak, was an escape criminal, murderer, and somehow God used this guy. And he probably spent years in the wilderness after running away from his crime thinking he was unqualified. He didn't even know there needed to be a qualification. He didn't know God in the way that he came to know God. You know, kind of kicked off at that burning bush. He didn't even know. He was ignorant. But you, my friends, are not ignorant because you have the Word of God and you know where you can find answers. You are no longer ignorant. So you're not ignorant. You're not disqualified. So if Jerry Seinfeld and team could generate a show about nothing, and have it be highly successful. 
because it was relatable and it was very character driven then God can take you who you might have thought was disqualified but now you know that's not the case God can take you and create connections between you and the people around you connections that you didn't feel you could make that's what God did through the disciples in the early church God spoke through them in the way of the day in the way that was relatable kind of like Seinfeld and the message was shared and well you win an Emmy Award I guess I don't know is that what it's all about there's times that I think I'm disqualified for many things I'm doing whether it be things of the Lord or it's just you know work and other things like that what do I do if I feel disqualified well I want to learn more about the thing I'm feeling disqualified in so if you feel disqualified because you don't feel you have the measure of faith you should have you know you're having a hard time believing what the Word of God is saying there's two things you need to do you need to spend time with the Lord and really tell him let him know he is a he's a he's relatable he wants to spend time with you don't hold anything back you can tell him hey I'm having a hard time with this particular thing or the scripture is tripping me up how do I apply this I'm wanting to do what your word says I'm wanting to praise you from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same I want to do the right thing help me do these things and, and how do I do it I don't quite understand When you spend time with the Lord like that, He'll reveal Himself to you. He'll show you new scriptures. The scripture will come alive for you. So here we go. You stay in that word. You live in peace. You pray for those who persecute you. And I've said it. Jesus said it. God the Father has said it. You, my friend, are qualified to follow the word of the Lord, to obey it, to praise the Lord with every breath. You're qualified. And because of that, expect there to be life-changing effects. You'll see things the way God sees things, and it will create a whole new life, a qualified life. And I will see you on the floor.